Welcome back to Riverdale High. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are going back to Riverdale High School. We are doing Riverdale, episode one, The River's Edge. It's your bonus episode for Mary's birthday. Woo-woo. It's my birthday. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is normally your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every season of the 10 season show. But today we're doing Riverdale. Mary, what happened this week? On July 4th, Jason Blossom presumably drowned in Sweetwater River, his twin sister Cheryl, the only witness to his untimely demise. Veronica Lodge has just moved to Riverdale from New York with her mother, Hermione, after her father, Hiram's arrest. She starts school and tries to make friends while her mother searches for a job in town. She tries to help Betty, her new friend, try out for the River Vixens cheerleading squad, going so far as to defend her as to defend her from Cheryl's bullying. Betty Cooper is thrilled to be a River Vixen, but she isn't sure why Veronica stood up for her. Veronica confesses she used to be like Cheryl when she lived in New York. She wants to use her move as a fresh start and become a better person. Betty, in turn, reveals that her sister Polly used to date Jason Blossom. Her mother, Alice, blames Jason for Polly's emotional breakdown, which led to her no longer living at home. Betty acknowledges that Jason did hurt Polly, but she believes that Alice is the one who broke her. In another effort to help Betty, Veronica tries to get Betty to ask Archie to the back-to-school dance. Betty panics and asks him to take them both. Alice is shocked to find that Betty has joined the River Vixens, reinforcing the blatant hatred, hatred she and her husband have for the Blossoms. Alice is further appalled to hear that Betty will be going to the dance with Archie and Veronica. She warns Betty that girls like Veronica and Cheryl Blossom don't like girls like them. Archie Andrews spent his summer working for his dad, Fred, writing music and also banging his school music teacher, Geraldine Grundy. He tries to figure out how to juggle varsity football, working for his dad, and his burgeoning love for songwriting. After Archie lies to both his coach and his dad, Fred confronts him. He tells him that the decisions he's making now will affect the rest of his life and to be sure he's confident enough in his choices to not have to lie about them. Archie escorts Betty and Veronica to the dance, where he promptly ditches Betty to talk to Miss Grundy. He promises Gigi he won't say anything about her whereabouts on the morning of July 4th if she agrees to give him music lessons. She agrees to independent study on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the mornings, ensuring that Archie will be able to juggle music, football, and construction work at his dad's company. He can't handle the next ball Betty has to throw his way. At Kevin and Veronica's insistence, she confesses she likes Archie and imagines them as some sort of power couple or just a regular couple. Archie says nothing. After the dance, Cheryl's in the mood to stir the pot some more. At her after party, she sends Archie and Veronica to the closet for seven minutes in heaven. Archie confesses to Veronica that he's not attracted to Betty. They make out, and then when they exit the closet, both feel terrible to find that Betty has left the party. Archie goes to look for her, running into his old pal Jughead at Pop's Chocolate Shop. Archie shares his existential worries surrounding Jason's death and also worries aloud that he's ruined his friendship with Betty. Jughead, the best boy in town and maybe the world, tells Archie that talking to her will probably go a long way. At least it would have to solve their boyfriendship problems. 
Archie goes to find Betty, which isn't hard since they live across the street from each other. Betty cries, asking if he loves her or even likes her. Archie says he does love Betty, but tells her that he isn't and never will be good enough for her because she's perfect. Betty clearly hates this answer. Meanwhile, Moose propositions Kevin Keller in the bathroom to play with his big wiener. Kevo agrees, and the pair sneak off to Skinny Dip in Sweetwater River and do everything but kiss. That's when they stumble across the body of Jason Blossom and find that he's been shot in the head. So much. It's a ride, y'all. <laughs> I love this pilot so much. It just starts, like, hard out the gate, right? Like, we get the classical narrator, like, which, you know, thank God for closed captioning because it just says Jughead narrating. So I already <laughs> knew who it was, but haven't seen his face yet. But yeah, we just get, like, establishing shots of the town we get a little bit of exhibit uh, um exposition on that this is a small town where everybody knows everybody there's like the local hang which is um the pop's chocolate shop that thing and yeah you see the high school you see what the houses look like all that but then we immediately go into what i would then kind of like describe as just a complete contrast of what we just saw, right? We saw these happy shots. We saw these like bright colors and the school and all this kind of stuff. Then we see that thing that Apple came out with, or maybe it wasn't even Apple, but like that thing you could do on your computer where you highlight one specific color and everything else is in black and white and it's red. Everything is red because we see the Blossom twins. We see their redhead. They're in a red convertible. Cheryl Blossom is in red heels and has red lipstick. Always. <laughs> So it just starts off like, ooh, what's happening here? Are they dating? Are they like siblings? Because I get weird incest vibes immediately from them. To be fair, with the Blossoms, like as you like, that's just a vibe that that family has. Yeah, like, and they're so proud of it. They're so <laughs> proud of it. Like, there are so many episodes. Like, you know, Cheryl and Jason are twins, so like, of course, yeah. they're gonna have like a really close bond. But there are definitely some times that Cheryl talks and you're just like, mm, girl, mm -hmm. like, ugh. Yeah. No, for sure. And, like, you're going to hate this. But I got, like, Cullen vibes from this. Oh, no, it's totally fair. <laughs> like, especially with how the scenes are washed out and then mm -hmm. after Dilton Doily finds Cheryl, like, soaking wet on the side of the river and you see her and her parents in the police boat, like, looking. Her dad's red hair is so yeah. fake. Right, right. It's, like, borderline orange. And, yeah, like, it does very much feel like this call-in vibe. They're all very pale. They have this stupid hair that, like, does not look real. Yep. They even had the nice little blue tone over the camera lens. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they were deliberately trying to make a sea red here. Mm-hmm. And then and we like, literally get, like, shots of a bunch of different people, and we see this one pair of, of folks um, who I don't know yet. We, we learn who they are in the rest of this episode. But literally this lady's all, I hope Jason Blossom burns in hell. I know. And I think it's really funny that Hal, the dad, is in, like, he's at the riverfront all the time, and then you just never see him again for this episode. No, you see him twice, once in the beginning and at the end when it all comes full circle. Yeah. He like Yeah, it's wild. Which like 
you know, we already have the 90210 link with Luke Perry, but the yeah. guy who plays Hal, Lachlan something, I had his name earlier, uh, he was on Charmed with Shannon Doherty. Oh, nice. Oh. I just thought that was a fun little thing. That's that a great a fun thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also the mom, which we learn is um, Alice Cooper, which I know, right? Great name. <laughs> she plays Gigi's mom, Sherry, in Gilmore Girls. Oh, I didn't know she was in Gilmore Girls because I know her from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Same. And also Twin Peaks. Yeah, she has a wonderful career. Like, she, I think she gets the with credit. Um, and, and I was specifically looking at the credits, and I think she gets the with credit, and Luke Perry gets the and credit. Yeah, Luke Perry definitely gets the and credit. Yeah. Uh, so that's our connection, folks. That's why – well, not why we're doing it, but that's that's a connection. It's the six degrees of Beverly Hills oh, 90210. There's another one. Oh, so, yeah, like, while everyone that's already established in the town is dealing with Jason's death up at the riverfront, like, the next thing we see is Veronica and her mom moving back to town. And, you know, her mom is like, this is the only property that was in my name. So she's kind of mm-hmm. setting up that, like, you know, we find out later Hiram is in prison for white-collar crimes. But, like, mm-hmm. they're also on the outs. And she's, like, desperately trying to, you know, keep her family going. Yeah. But – uh, Hermione is played by Marisol Nichols, who was also in 90210. Wait, who was she in 90210? We haven't seen her yet. Oh. I looked up all the IMDBs because I was like, how many connections can I make? Is she in a lot or like is she just a guest I, star? I think she's just a guest star, but she's definitely in season six. So oh, we won't okay. see her for like, I don't know, another two months. Yeah, something like that. Cool. But, yeah, it just keeps going. I think my favorite part about Veronica and Hermione moving to town is, like, Hermione grew up here and owns property here and has just never brought Veronica. Yeah. Well, like, how far away do we think Riverdale is from New York? Like, are we supposed to assume this is another East Coast town? You know, like, because I – throughout this entire um, pilot, I was getting – shades of gossip girl i was getting shades of dawson's mm-hmm. um definitely those two like big vibes there so it wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to go for the gossip girl like veronica hermione like uppity kind of situation there but then the kind of small town um over by the river and the lake and like all this kind of stuff like small town vibe of dawson's um so it wouldn't surprise me if it was like north carolina you know yeah, I don't remember if they say where Riverdale is. I don't think they do. Um, we know that it gets cold enough to snow there in the winter. And um, later we find out that the Blossom's main thing is like maple syrup. So it's probably somewhere northeast, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Like maybe further north in New York, like Vermont-ish. That's kind of like, yeah, yeah, Vermont, New Hampshire, even upstate New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Good point. Yeah, yeah, because the water ice is over, too, on the river. So, Mm. like, it definitely has to get cold enough for these things to happen. So I would guess that, like, New York City is probably not a quick drive, but, like, maybe, like, four to six hours. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a solid guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I just thought it was so funny that there's finally another fictional character named Hermione. So. (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah, and – What's interesting is I first thought that might have been her last name because that's what, like, the bellhop 
I guess you can call him a bellhop, the doorman, Mm -hmm. um, calls her Miss Hermione. So I was like, oh, he probably is not on a first name basis with her. But then you come to find out, like, no, they like he's known her for years. So, yeah, like it's just wild to me that like they're on a first name basis. Like he remembers her after all of this time. She still owns this property. And Veronica has literally never stepped foot in this place ever. Right, right. So you got to think like, okay, what happened here? Um, You know, what drama happened here to where Veronica was never physically present for? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't remember if they talk about it later in the show, but it does seem like Hermione just gets wrapped up in Hiram and like just abandons the rest of her life. So this is just like definitely some like huge emotional changes going on for Veronica. Definitely. Which I love. She just seamlessly fits in. Like, she just, like, she's not the new girl. She's the girl that, like, went away for the summer and came back. Like, that's how it felt. It didn't feel like she was brand new. No, Veronica has an amazing amount of confidence. Yeah. And, like, I just – it's so foreign to me. I'm like, I would literally never do this. I'd be, like, quiet on my first day of school. And she's literally later, like, I don't understand why everyone isn't obsessed with me. (laughs) I know. Yeah. No joke. Literally, you know, they get there and Hermione's like, oh my god, I need, I want nothing more than a cheeseburger from Pop's Chocolate Shop. And I love that in the subtitles, uh, Veronica's like, what's a chocolate shop and why does it sell burgers? And it's spelled correctly mm-hmm. in the subtitles. Yeah, I was like, first of all, why is it spelled that way? So I had to look it up and then, yeah, like, yeah, it, that's how it's spelled. Um, but yeah, and so we have to meet more people now. So now we see this boy and this girl in a room together, and we learn it's Betty, and she's just in a bra. So I'm like, clearly I know. this boy is either her brother, which would be weird, her gay best friend, which that's and ended up what it is, or just like a childhood friend or something. But we learn this is Kevin, um, and he's like encouraging Betty, who we learn that's who it is, to talk to quote unquote Archie. Yeah, they're talking about how Archie is swell. Which is adorable. <laughs> yeah. I love the like 1950s slash modern thing that always happens on this show. Well, and it's great that you point that out because it's easy to forget that this is based on the comics because it's mm-hmm. not um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not as gimmicky as comic books can be, right? Or as um kind of straightforward. Like there's no dancing because it's 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 not live action. Um so it doesn't really dance around things. And and I remember as a kid reading Archie comics. So like I was already familiar with the names at least. Archie, Jughead, Betty, Veronica, Moose. Uh, Kevin was in the comics. Yeah. I don't remember him as much though. Like I specifically – who was Moose always with? Midge? Oh, yeah. That, that that's a she, com- she shows up later. Okay, yeah. So there's that. And then, of course, Josie and the Pussycats. Like, I, you know, familiar with all of them. So it was interesting seeing these characters come to life um, as teenagers or whatever based on, like, what they look like in the comics. But I also love that because the comics were written so long ago, they did incorporate kind of an old school, old timey way of, like, integrating into the world of 2017 or whenever this started airing. So you want to hear kind of a fun fact? Yes. I have actually several fun facts. I like looked up a whole bunch of stuff just to make sure I was ready for this. So first of all, Archie Comics has gone like wild in the whole time it's been around. There was a like I think four comic arc Mm -hmm. that was Archie versus the Predator. Oh my. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then 
um, gosh, I don't have his full name in front of me, but the creator of the show had originally written a stage play about Archie that was supposed to be like rated R. And he got like a seasoned assist from Archie <laughs> Comics, like right before it aired, right before it went on stage in like 2003. And then he came wow. back and did this. And then I also found. I didn't read the original script, but there's, like, an original script of the pilot or at least, like, one of the rewrites that was floating around that was, like, much darker and, like, full of swearing and all this stuff. It makes me laugh so much. I'm down for that if that ever comes out. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, the show is pretty, like, out there. Any Like, there is a lot of, like – sex that happens on this show yeah I mean literally like Betty is in a bra right now and then she and Kevin start ogling Archie from across the street and this is where Kevin calls Archie a ginger bull yeah take the ginger bull by the horns six more reasons oh right because it was yeah because it was six pack yeah apparently he got hot over the summer and he's just showing off his abs to the world and also kevin and betty <laughs> i mean truly archie is such a himbo he has no idea that like getting half naked in front of a window is a thing <laughs> yeah like yeah which to be fair he does have a nice body so and i don't feel weird about saying that because he was like 20 when like he started the show so i i don't feel too but and Nate was watching it with me, sort of. I had my headphones in, and he was there. And he was like, how old are they supposed to be? And I was like, sophomores in high school. And he's like, what? And I was like, think about it for a second. They have to cast high schoolers older than they are. So A, they're not hiring minors. But then B, they can like have 45-year-old women fawning over 20-year-olds instead of minors. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is so much that happens on this show that I would be very uncomfortable if it was actual teenagers. Exactly. Yeah, and and also I have a fun fact, which you guys probably already know this, but KJ Appa, who plays um, Archie, is Australian in real life. So mm -hmm. I was really intrigued to hear his American accent, and he nails it. He does great. Right? Like, I think I learned he was Australian pretty far into the show. Okay. And I was like, I don't think I've ever heard him, like, truly mess up on an American accent with words that I would have yeah. figured it out. Yeah, there's a few words that I, I was, like, paying attention to when he said it, and I was like, no, he he gets it right. I didn't know he was from Australia until right this second. <laughs> so yep. he had me fooled. Yeah. No, I've listened to an interview with him. Um, it wasn't about Riverdale. It was about something else, and now I can't remember what it was. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, full-blown Australian and, like – it is wild the different like you know how so in Gossip Girl Chuck Bass um, the guy who plays him he's British in real life he's really bad at American accent because he has yeah. to lower his voice to make it to where it's easier for him to talk in an American accent but if you listen to KJ Appa and then Archie it's not that much different it's like different enough because obviously the inflections are different but it's not that different from his actual like octave in which he speaks it's crazy. Yeah. No, he's actually really good. I didn't mm – -hmm. like, it kind of blows my mind. I know. I love it. And I'm like, did you – that just makes me, like, more impressed. And I know it, it, there's always, like, that one school of thought where it's like, well, why don't you just hire an American, like, like 
actor similarly in australia things like like why don't you just hire someone like it's the classic like why is kate winslet always playing an american accent like why mm-hmm. because kate winslet's amazing that's why <laughs> but like you know so there's that one school thought but to me i'm like man you saw this part and you said well i don't know if this was his first like american accent role but like you saw this part and you said oh i'm gonna do an american accent and i'm gonna kill it and he does so kudos to him also he has red hair too so there's more red <laughs> yeah which Actually, KJ Apra has brown hair in real life. So, like, every time I see him with the red hair, I think they even tone it down later in the show because, like, they could not keep up dyeing his hair. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Well, he has such dark eyebrows and dark eyes, too. Yeah. Very pretty eyes. And there was a great cast with Luke Perry because he has beautiful dark eyes, too. Yeah. There's – I think it's in the third season. They do a flashback episode – to all of the parents back in high school and they just use all of the kids as the parents and they look so good like the casting is amazing they I saw like a BuzzFeed article that had you know because all of these people were like teen actors as well before Mm -hmm. they were the parents so it has like teen Luke Perry next to KJ Apa and Cole Sprouse next to you know uh young Skeet Ulrich and like it looks so good yeah that's awesome. I love that. It's it's amazing. And when you get to that episode, you'll love it. It's also the third season is very like D&D. It's all Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What do they call it? Something in Gargoyles? Jingle Jangle? Griffins and Gargoyles. <laughs> Griffins and Gargoyles. Yeah. Jingle G&G Jangle is drugs. Is a drug. Yes. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to say Jingle Jangle. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Well, and G&G is basically like an addictive board game. The oh. show has no concept. Yeah. No, it's kind of like in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that one um, drug on the street was like Giggle Pig or something like that. I could never <laughs> take it seriously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, so Betty is like so excited. She's been in love with Archie for forever. And I really kind of wish we could see like Archie before he was hot and Betty from yeah. before her internship because like Cheryl keeps making comments later in the episode about like her weight and they're like oh yeah Yeah. she called her fat last year and I was like but was she like what did she look like before this year when presumably like you know sophomore in high school puberty hits you have a growth spurt and you get your boobs right exactly and yeah because it's highly believable that they would be best friends like I think they have good friend chemistry um I also got Dawson and Joey vibes here um I think it's fair but if they're that hot I don't believe that they haven't like at least kissed, you know, it it was bordering that kind of line between not that ugly people and I say ugly people, that's really (laughs) mean, but like not, not like not super hot, like unreal hot, like they are not that you can't kiss and be best friends, but like (laughs) it was just like, there'd be too much sexual tension between these two because they are super hot. So I was like, it's almost not believable that they haven't done anything. But yeah, to your point, it's like, what did they look like before? Did they just not notice each other? Are they just blind to each other's hotness because they've always been best friends? Highly possible. Yeah, I think it's just that Archie is such a himbo. Like, I oh don't my god, think, yeah. I don't think he like knew to be attracted to girls until this unfortunate relationship with Miss Grundy. God, so unfortunate. Ugh, it's so gross. But we're not even there yet. We got no. so much more to cover because. <laughs> Like, Betty and Archie go out on this, like, not date, but, like, very much looks like a date. Yeah. And then Veronica comes into the chocolate shop in a cape. Oh, yeah. 
Homie was like her dark clothes, her dark hair, like it gave me Sabrina the Teenage Witch vibes if Sabrina was not blonde. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like very witchy. And I loved it. Like she it, it almost like made me think of the Adams family or something. Like she's Wednesday Adams, you know, like just strolling in, but then just such a boss. Like she gives me major boss vibes, like already. Yeah, the Betty and Veronica like dichotomy. Like Betty is always in the blonde hair and like, yeah. you know, baby pink and sweater sets and like all this kind of stuff. And then Veronica is like just darker. And I mean, even when you look at her makeup, like she usually has like a darker lip color and then like her very bold eyebrow like shape. Yes. Yeah. It Like when I see people like that with eyebrows like that, I'm like, what confidence do I need to be able to mess with my eyebrows and like try things out? Because one wrong move with an eyebrow and you're shaving them. Like, (laughs) well, yeah, and, like, I have very dark eyebrows naturally, and I don't know what to do with them. So, like, yeah. if I try and put, like, eyebrow pencil in, I end up, like, looking more like Groucho Marx than Veronica Lodge. <laughs> no, I hear you. I have blonde hair but absurdly dark eyebrows. Like, they don't match at all. And so I'm like, I could do something here but lack the confidence to actually do anything. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a knowledge thing. I'm just like, I don't know how to yeah. do it. I've done it once and it's failed. I'm not going to do it again. But, yeah, speaking of confidence, Veronica Lodge, like, Mm -hmm. walks over to these two kids who look like they're on a date. They really do. And just, like, inserts herself into the conversation. Archie can't take his eyes off of her. And, like, I love Veronica and I love that Betty and Veronica become really close friends. But in this moment right here, if I was Betty, I was like, I will ruin (laughs) you tomorrow. Yeah, like, are the onion rings good? Yeah, choke on them and die, you know? Like, <laughs> like it was setting up perfectly for a love triangle, and that's where they have you going, like, in the first few seconds because it's that meme with the guy and the girl walking and the guys turning back and looking at the other girl walking by. It's that. And so I'm like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. But then Veronica just keeps spouting off all these references, and I'm like, Nobody knows what you're saying. <laughs> I know. Archie's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm laughing because you finished your talking, but I don't get it. Exactly. He Archie is literally – I. there's no way that Archie has ever heard of Truman Capote. No. And I could, I could maybe buy bref- Breakfast at Tiffany's because, you know, everybody knows what that is. But, like, definitely not in cold blood and definitely not the name Truman Capote. Like, he probably thought she was talking about, like – Al Capone or something like (laughs) yeah I mean like yeah even if he knew what Breakfast and Tiffany's was I'm sure he only knows it from like the name of the movie and not what the movie actually is about exactly or like the that one um image of Audrey Hepburn like with the pearls and all that stuff it's like that's what he knows (laughs) yeah I'm also getting like Troy Bolton high school musical vibes from him because he's like oh I gotta play football but I want to (laughs) sing That's fair. That's very fair. (laughs) He invites Veronica to sit with them. She has to leave. I did not write a single thing down about the next scene because Luke Perry was in it. And I just like – I just wrote Mm. Luke Perry in all caps. And then I sat there and I just enjoyed the man. Same. I kept staring at him. I had to like – so full disclosure, and this is the biggest difference between 90210 and Riverdale or just – any of our like newer um, teen dramas is that 
the amount of times I had to pause Riverdale versus 90210 was like tenfold. Like I had to pause and just be like, there's so much going on and type, 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 you know, not only because I wanted to make sure I gathered the plot, but then my reactions too. And Nate was like, why are you pausing so much? And I was like, there's so much going on. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, this scene though, I paused it specifically and went back specifically because of Luke Perry. And I was like, oh my God, I miss you. I love you. You're still so cute with your forehead wrinkles. You know, like I want to see him without the beard just because I want him to look like Dylan. But at the same time, I love the beard on him. Yeah. I don't think you ever see him without the beard. I think he's just like full on hot dad with beard. That's okay. He was also giving me Luke Danes vibes from Gilmore Girls because he had on his little flannel. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. He owns a construction company. Like he's very like work with his hands. Oh, Ugh. yeah, he is. I bet he's good with his hands, too. Ugh, my heart. <laughs> and then, yeah, we, like, get this whole scene with him and Archie in the morning because it's the first day of school. And I don't remember exactly what happens. I really don't. I was, like, so engrossed in this man's face. But I know it was, like, about Archie's scheduling. Yeah, whatever. they just talked about the fact that he had football practice or something or was trying out for varsity or something about football. Yeah, football, whatever. <laughs> But then we get to Alice Cooper, who is just like the toxic mother-daughter relationship between Alice and Betty. I totally forgot about it for a while because like I have not watched the current season of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. And so like it just like left my mind. But I was like, Jesus, Alice, calm down. Yeah, it was like way too much. I'm trying to remember what I recently watched that I like – saw this kind of mother-daughter expectations perfection kind of thing can't remember what it is off the top of my head I'll, it'll probably was it cruel come summer me. you know what i bet it was yes that's exactly what it was yeah yeah yeah. because it was like kate and her mom mm-hmm. um but yeah it was like she needed her to be completely perfect and but not just objectively perfect it was alice's idea of what perfection is right because like you you said earlier like later in the episode or I'm sorry, actually, it was it was Mary in her synopsis. She says that, like, people like Betty don't even hang out with people like Veronica or Cheryl and stuff like that. So it's like, even though they're objectively popular, mom doesn't think that Betty is, I guess, either good enough or the right kind of person to hang out with them. So it's like this mold that she's, like, picked up in her mind, I guess, projecting from whatever her childhood was like, and put it on Betty to be this, like, epitome of perfection and it's like oh my I already hate you and I don't even know you yeah because yeah it's on top of that she's talking about Polly who's Betty's Mm -hmm. older sister who like I think it's later in the episode she talks about how like Polly and Jason didn't work out and like her sister ended up having like a full-on breakdown and had to go like live somewhere else Mm -hmm. and couldn't be in Riverdale anymore and her mom is just like totally zoned in on what happened to Polly and how that cannot happen to Betty and Betty has to be perfect and da 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 and yeah when she says she doesn't even say that like people like Cheryl and Veronica don't hang out with Betty she says they don't hang out with girls like us right which is like very much yeah it's very much like she can only look at Betty and see herself and Polly and not Betty correct yeah it's wild like even to the point where Betty's even like prescribed to Adderall yeah like I totally forgot about that and I feel like that was really dumb of me forget but I was like man you can even see Betty being like I don't want this life and her mom is just like 
you need your Adderall. Yeah, which what, like, obviously outside of those who actually require Adderall, but, like, what mom wants their child to be on Adderall, you know? Like, it's, yeah. No, it's very much, like, Alice is just so controlling and, like, Mm -hmm. the relationship just upset me so much. It's crazy seeing the difference in um, how she plays this character versus Sherry in Gilmore Girls because Sherry was just so type A but not a bitch about it (laughs) and like controlling but not in the way that you think. It's more like she just wants everything to go according to plan and then she ends up like having an affair with somebody else and going off to Paris. Like it's wild. So kudos to – I. Forgive me, I don't. I didn't write down her name, but kudos to her for like the range. Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher pronunciation, but it's Maidchen Maidchen Amic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. But anyway, we have to get to school now. And <laughs> is so much has already happened. <laughs> so much. Like at this point, I remember I paused and I was like, only ten minutes have like we haven't. I don't think we haven't even gotten to the opening title card. I don't think. I don't remember. I specifically wrote it down that, um, yeah, we're not even there yet. We're not even there yet to the title card. But yeah, we're at school now. And is this the school from Buffy? No. No. Okay. I recognize the school, but I don't know from where. I think it's the same school from Sabrina, but I don't know if that means anything. Because it looked familiar to me too, Yeah, but it's not Sunnydale High because Sunnydale High is West Beverly. It's West Bev. That's right. Yeah. Once I said it, I was like, no, 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 that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and we, like, we see Archie, we meet, you know, his friends, Moose, and first Reggie, because Reggie gets recast at the end of the season. That makes more sense, because that, the first Reggie, I guess, is from 13 Reasons Why, so I bet he got that job and took it. (laughs) Yeah, I I immediately hated him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that, like, Reggie, I like a lot better later in the show, but I don't remember first Reggie, like, really standing out to me. Like, I think it was my second rewatch before I even realized that he got recast. (laughs) That's that's funny. He just didn't stick out to me. I was like, what? Well, and I was waiting to hear Moose's name because, again, I read some of the comics, but, like, he doesn't even say anything. Like, immediately, like, Reggie mentions Moose or, or, or RG says, like, hey, Moose or something like that. And he just doesn't even say anything. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And, like, you know, they start talking about how RG is ripped and how much does he bench now. And I love Archie's just, like, I was laying cement. Like, that's yeah. how he got ripped. Not that he was lifting weights. I was like, oh, my God. We really are supposed to believe that teenagers just become this. Well, it's funny, though, because, like, what if his actual job, like, laying cement, was just, like, pulling the lever for the machine to then pour <laughs> the concrete? Like, <laughs> also, so at Pop's Chocolate Shop, we found out that Betty was supposed to be giving Veronica her new student tour. Right. So we go over there, and Betty's, like, actually trying to give history, which, like, mm-hmm. adorable. Love it so much. Veronica does not give a shit. No, she doesn't care. I do love the attempt, though, and... But I will say, what I'm learning about Betty is that I'm supposed to like her, right? Like, I am – they built Betty to make me like her. I don't like her. Like, it, I don't dislike her. I'm just whatever about her. I – now, granted, that says more about me than it does, like, the show because I like a good villain. I like a good complicated character, which I'm not saying Betty is not complicated because there's things later that happen that I'm like, ooh, 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 there's more. But so far, 
I'm not on the Betty train. I like Veronica's fine. I don't think I'll like Veronica is Blair Waldorf. Like yeah. that she is Blair Waldorf to a T. But I don't like Betty yet. I don't dislike her. I just don't like her. Yeah, Betty definitely like grows on you. Yeah. I will say of everyone that we've met, my favorite character from beginning to now is Cheryl. Oh god, yeah, I can see that. I love I her mean, so much. She's a messy bitch and I'm here for it. She's <laughs> such a bitch. I yeah, I haven't made my decisions on who I like yet because obviously it was one episode, but like I know who I don't like. So far, I think I like Kevin the most. Like I don't know. He's just yeah. token gay boy. That's <laughs> well, fair. Kevin's yeah. amazing. <laughs> no, I love that he pops up and he's very energetic and like he is just great at like doing the exposition, yeah, exposition thing because like it kind of just comes off as like I want to gossip about everything. A hundred percent. Yeah. The, the only thing that really rubs me the wrong way, if only because like the show is so good with meta commentary and this doesn't feel like meta commentary, is when he shows up and Betty introduces him to Veronica, and Veronica's like, "Gay, thank God, let's be best friends." Oh like, yeah, girl, just be best friends with Kevin because he's awesome. Yeah, it was very um, Mean Girls, like, like token Damien being, you know, like yeah, like you know, they say later that like lesbian kisses haven't been controversial since 1994 or whatever, right? Which I'm pretty sure Cheryl says later too. Like, yeah, she does actually. Which is I thought was a great comeback. Like, I mean. Yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll get there. But, like, the thing about this is you learn two things. They're trying a little too hard to be Dawson's Creek or at least have that elevated language in, in the dialogue, which is fine. I'm not mad about it. I like it. It's just unrealistic. And then number two, you get a little bit of, like, insert of there's something going on with Veronica's dad, right? He's mm-hmm. She says he's devil incarnate, but also that she supports him. So I'm like, mm, first of all, I know who Hiram Lodge is, and he is mm, saucy, spicy, gorgeous, Mark Consuelos. But now I I immediately need to know this, and and I thought that was great little like piece of dialogue where it's like, yeah, he's horrible, but I don't disagree with him. Yeah, it's like, but he's my dad. Yeah, Which- and I'm like, give me more of that. I want that. And that's the thing, like, this is planting seeds that come up through, like, so much more of the show because, yeah, Mark Consuelos shows up, I think, next season as Hiram, like, he gets out on a technicality or, like, good behavior, what they drop, whatever. I can't wait. But he gets out and he shows up in Riverdale and starts causing problems. And this whole time, like, Veronica included, everyone's like, oh, my God, Hiram must be stopped. But she's, like, (laughs) still going home every night and calling him daddy. Oh, yeah. I would call him daddy, too. I I literally said (laughs) Daddy Lodge. <laughs> I can't help it. Everyone on this show is a daddy. <laughs> I mean, who knew like 25 years ago or however long it was, Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos, Consuelos would meet on a soap opera and still be together to this day. And they are so obsessed with each other. It is sickeningly adorable. And I'm like, yeah, if I was married to him, I'd be obsessed with him too. And then she comes on the show. <gasps> yes. I don't okay. remember if season three or four, but I'm pretty sure she ends up playing like his mistress. Yes, she does. I love it. I'm for it. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> and when they do the 90s episode where all the kids play the parents, um, since there is no like kid to be – like there's no son yeah. for the Lodges, his actual son plays him. 
I do remember that because like I follow him and Kelly on um on Instagram and I remember them just being like super proud parents with their baby boy being young Mark Consuelos. I'm like, yeah, that it I mean, look at him. <laughs> right. Like he's literally a picture of yeah, his father. Exactly. That's amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. And then like we get like a really short scene where uh Archie tries to go meet Josie and the Pussycats and like talk about music. And I love Josie being like, first of all, we can tell you're staring in our cat ears and that's offensive. <laughs> I know. You don't understand. We're building a brand. <laughs> and like the only other thing I want to comment on in this scene, I have actually several stupid small notes. Archie's already in a Letterman jacket at the beginning of sophomore year. And he's right, not even yeah. on varsity. Right. The actress who plays Josie is 29. Oh, <gasps> Andrea. Yeah. And she calls him Justin Gingerlake. Oh, I loved that so much. That was the best. Out of all the things they call Archie or just references to the fact that he has red hair, that's the best one. I love the references. Like, they are <laughs> so fast. And I they love that, are. like, every time they shit on him, like, even subtly, he just doesn't get it. He's just He's like, a himbo. <laughs> He's such a himbo. <laughs> Ugh. A lovable little himbo. And then, yeah, we like jump over. Now it's time for an assembly where Sharon Blossom is in that tiny little black hat for mourning. Oh, my God. And Did you guys watch Teenage Bounty Hunters? No, not yet. Well, please do. It's tragically canceled, but first se- the first and only season was incredible, and I loved it, and I'm so mad they canceled it. But there's like a scene where somebody's wearing a little hat and like veil like that. And, yeah, I immediately thought of that. I'm like, girl, you are too much. <laughs> Cheryl's outfits through this entire show are amazing. Like, yeah. her costume changes. She's just, like, so many. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. She's I mean, always got to have that bold lip, though. I mean, it's her signature look. Her That yeah. and the cherries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, she, like, she is giving this school assembly to be, like, Fellow students, I personally have saved the dance in which we will honor my brother. And then they have like giant pictures of Jason Blossom all around this dance. It was so weird. That gave me like Hunger Games vibes, like when they have the banners of each of the participants. (laughs) I mean, it's not that much different. Right, right. No, that was wild. And like that was weird because then Shelby, uh, Shelby, I don't know where that came from, (laughs) Cheryl says that Jason is her soulmate. And I was like, yeah, what was going on between you two? Because I don't like it. No, that family gives off really creepy vibes. Yeah, They will always do it. It's never not. (laughs) But then we get Archie and then we get like, like the focus, you know, like it goes from like far in the distance to near focus, technical terms, of course. And (laughs) It's Archie and then a teacher. And I'm like, okay, you're a hot teacher who's clearly young. What happened? And I remember because I watched this pilot like years ago on a plane and I remembered small bits and pieces. This was one of them because then we get the flashback. Yeah. And like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. And like they keep doing this in such obvious places. Like she's driving by the construction site, like giving him doomy eyes and like biting (laughs) on her straw and then like talking to He's him like, look at my abs i'm wiping my sweat <laughs> <laughs> and then like yeah when they do the flashbacks of them banging it out in the back of her car they're like under a street light yeah they're like, well lit. the lights are on <laughs> yeah 
Which, like, I know is for the show to be like, look, we can see them doing it. But I'm literally just imagining, like, teenagers driving around in the middle of summer being like, isn't that Archie? Yeah. They're going to see his red hair and just point him out. Yeah. It's going to be really easy to figure out which teacher drives that beat up VW and be like, oh, my God, Archie's banging Miss Grundy. Yeah. There's, like, two redheaded men or redheaded boys in this town. Right. It's not Jason Blossom. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, and then we finally get the title card. Like, once they have their little Titanic hand on the window moment, <laughs> Riverdale. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. We've been talking for like 40 minutes and we just got to the title card. <laughs> That's how it felt. I was like, because I didn't even know opening credit or like, you know, title card or opening credits were coming. And then it does. And I'm like, how much time has passed? <laughs> They have to be like, are you excited yet? Exactly. This is what the show is. Are you intrigued? It's very much jazz hands. Very much. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, like, we're still not even to lunch. This is like early morning assembly because we take a break from the school where Hermione goes to see Fred for a seasonal hire. And he says that he has a seasonal hire because the guy is on paternity leave. And I was like, that's revolutionary. That's also like a few weeks. Like, it's depending. Even, well, that's Pare- true. Parental leave at my company is six months. Not at mine. <laughs> For me, it's like the men get, well, this one guy can, just trying to tell me that he gets eight weeks and women get 12 weeks. And I'm like, mm, I don't think you, it's not the same here. But anywho, yeah, that, but if so, if it's like six months, then yeah, good on you, Riverdale. Right. But yeah, Fred gives his guys parental leave, which I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the one that gives us the exposition that, like, Hiram has committed all these white-collar crimes, very specifically cooking the books, embezzlement, et cetera. And that's why he can't have anyone with the Lodge name working at his company. Right. He right. also tells us that he and Mary are divorced, but they're amicable. Right. Right. Which, yeah, we to this point, we have not heard or seen um, Archie's mom anywhere. Um and also, that's this- too bad because do you want to know who she is? Yes, please. Molly Ringwald. <gasps> that's where he gets his red hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She shows up a couple of times throughout the show and like with wow. the family because she's a lawyer in Chicago is oh. like what she is. She's left Riverdale. They got divorced. She moved away. But she still comes back and like sees her kid, talks to him all the time. And then when Luke Perry actually died – she was like, I will come and I will be his mom and like oh. you know, be on the Riverdale stuff. Oh. So like she's she's much more heavily featured in the fourth season. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, also, fun fact, it's at this point where we're starting to see or continuing to see more of the like technical credits come up of the crew. And I just have to point out something I did not know. This is in the Brillantiverse. Greg Berlanti is the EP. We've got Jennifer Lentz, Carla Gawa, who are both on uh, Supergirl and uh, Legends. Sarah Schechter, who's on all of them. And then Blake Neely does the music, who he does the music for the entire Arrowverse. So once I saw that, I was like, oh, shit. Pause. Type, 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 type. I'm hooked. (laughs) Yeah, I was honestly waiting to see if you figured out Blake Neely from the music or from seeing their name. Well, see, I was a little conflicted on the music because I got more like 
probably more like Friday Night Lights vibes more than anything. Um, yeah, it's very explosions in the sky. Very. And so, I, like, I got it, but I didn't, like, once I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, it makes total sense. But I first saw Jennifer, Carl, and Sarah, and I was like, oh, boy, have I found my new <laughs> obsession? Because I will watch literally anything in the Brillantiverse. Oh, also something that you will find interesting, the first song in the episode where you see Cheryl and Jason in the car, Sir mm-hmm. Ronan. No. Yeah. That's awesome. I almost made a Saoirse Ronan reference earlier and, and when we were talking about KJ Appa's um, accent, <laughs> but I didn't. That is amazing. I love that. Yeah. It's like it's somebody else's song and she's featured on it, but she cool. is on it. Oh, love Saoirse Ronan. Not many people I love more. I, I When I saw that, I was like, I'm just going to like tuck this one behind my ear for later. <laughs> Caitlin will like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we go back to lunch. This is where Veronica's like, I don't understand why everyone's not obsessed with me. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Kevin explains why. And then he calls Cheryl the Red Widow. Yep. And I die. Like, that is so apt. It's so right for her. It is because it's the red and obviously she's in mourning. I still thought it was like a weird – like a widow implies marriage, right? Which I think is on purpose. They're all like – it yeah. was kind of a really incestuous relationship in this family. Like Ugh. they very much like – the Blossoms like do see themselves as like above Riverdale and like stick to themselves. Yeah, I can see that. And then she comes over and it's just like quote after quote after – just zingers left and right. Yep. God, it's it's wild though because kind of like we talked about earlier, Veronica's just already in it. Like she's not the new girl. She's just in it because then when Cheryl wants Veronica to try out for the Vixens, she's just like, well, sure, but what about Betty? Like immediately going to bat for Betty for no reason, literally no reason. Um, I guess they bonded over the tour or something, but like no reason. And then Veronica, Veronica even like, compliments Betty like crazy she's like you're so hot and smart and like I'll help you out with the routine like it's fine and yeah this is also where we get the whole like gay best friend comment which I thought was hilarious yeah because Kevin's like is cheerleading still a thing and Cheryl immediately turns and was like is being the gay best friend still a thing right right oh and Cheryl says uh she's like what are you talking about Archie's Efron-esque emergence from the chrysalis of puberty (laughs) I just love her I just want to know what he looked like. Like, this must have been a, like, 1940s Steve Rogers to then becoming Captain America kind of transformation here. I mean, it's got to have been. (laughs) Because, yeah, like, this is the part where Cheryl makes the, like, side eye. So Veronica's like, oh, what about Betty for cheerleading? And Cheryl looks at her and is like, well, she's got a lot on her plate right now. Which is true. Well, but she means, like, food on her plate. And then Kevin's like, oh, yeah, she called her fat last year. Which mean right like truly cheryl is the villain but she's so fucking good she's literally the next thing we see her and she's sitting on a throne (laughs) i know i noticed that it was really just like i don't know a dining chair from like the 90s or something but it was a throne no it's definitely like the head of the table at the dining Uh room at her house and she just like brought it with her and made somebody carry it in yep because, uh, yeah, we get this, like, little side scene where Archie goes to see Miss Grundy, and I just don't care. Like, it's really gross to me that Miss Grundy slept with a 15-year-old. 
Right. Because presumably if they're rising sophomores, like this is where this is the comment I was going to make earlier, but with the whole Dawson's Creek vibes, like this is so Pacey, right? This is like, Miss Jacobs and Pacey. Exactly. But you can tell Archie is more of a Dawson than a Pacey, like because he's not the town screw up. He's not, but, you know, but he's still doing the Pacey thing of being like really desperate to like make this a thing and keep yeah like any relationship going between the two of them while she's just like no I like criminally fucked up yeah like can you imagine Archie just walking up to Miss Grundy and being like I'm the best sex you'll ever have (laughs) (laughs) which like to be fair I don't know that Archie would say that but I think once he realized any sort of confidence maybe that's the thing he just doesn't know that he can be confident right now he's too himbo (laughs) yeah he hasn't realized that i don't think he's realized that he got hot i really don't know he doesn't know yeah and like we find out there that they heard a gunshot on the day that jason died and didn't tell anybody and i'm like yeah more crime so much more crime you can't even like pretend like archie was out for a run by the river and like miss grundy can just leave yeah no 100 percent. this is 50 shades of fucked up and to quote Christian Grey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so – it makes me so mad. Yeah. But, but then yeah. we get, like, cheerleader tryouts, and here I'm like, man, this is bring it on right here. Like, that's kind of what I love is, like, I keep referencing all these other things, but I love it. And I think that's part of the appeal of the show is that it is bringing in so many influences. It's not copying by any means, but it's bringing in influences. And you can tell that. So it automatically makes the show more appealing to viewers like us and viewers that are older than us and things like that, because you're like, I recognize this. I recognize that. And it feels, it feels comfortable. Yeah. It's like, respectful is not the right word of it, but like it is taking things with the intent of like using them to advance the story and not like in some sort of parody and like yeah like not giving it the weight it deserves of being bring it on yeah 100 percent. i mean it definitely gets silly later on when they're all in the cheerleading squad but oh i i i can feel that yeah it's just funny how like betty doesn't care she doesn't want to be a cheerleader like i think she might a little bit but not really and veronica like actually does it's funny to me that she says like, oh, I really want to be a cheerleader. It'll look great on my college applications. Yeah. But then, yeah, later when she's talking to Alice and Alice is like, I forbid this. She's like, I want to do something for me. Right. And yeah. I was like, I feel like it's kind of turning into something for you because like you had to fight to get this. It's not something that like you could just have by studying. You had to like actually fight for this and now you no, have it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and plus like it's the whole maybe she didn't want to at first and maybe she was doing the whole Skeller thing of like how many extracurriculars can I get on my resume I don't even care if I want to do it but like I think it makes it better that Veronica's doing it with her because she's like oh this is kind of like a friend I have and it was not hard to make whereas it seems like other than Kevin she doesn't really have that well and Archie she doesn't really have that many girlfriends Yeah, it definitely seems like that. And especially because, like, it seems like Polly just left. So she just has no women in her life. Exactly. I will say, though, like, the end of their tryout where they kiss and um, Cheryl's not impressed, I laughed out loud at the lipstick all over Betty's mouth. And she's, like, (laughs) trying to wipe it off. I just love that it's so dumb. 
Like, yeah, they put so this, dumb. like, <laughs> lackluster cheerleading on it, and Cheryl's just not impressed. And she's like, we haven't seen the big finish. Just trust me. And then they make out, and Cheryl's just like, I literally don't give a shit. Yeah, she's like, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, so they put her – she's like, puts them into the Q&A portion and tries to basically force, like – Betty to reveal this like sordid past between you know Polly and Jason and since she won't do it like we see her like doing the hey Arthur Arthur like gripping her fists yep um and then Cheryl gives Veronica the spot is like sorry Betty you know just holding it over her and then V just like loses it on Cheryl loses it and like she's like I know who you are like the thing is, this is, again, Blair Waldorf to a T. She, like, Ch- Cheryl is not fooling Veronica for one second. And she just calls her out, which is, like, again, really interesting for, like, day two of school. Yeah. <laughs> I just, ugh, I love it. Like, she breaks this down and she's like, I'm living proof that your entitlement is not going to last. Mm-hmm. And, like, she says, you wanted fire? Sorry, Cheryl Bombshell, my specialty's ice, which I love, love Cheryl earlier in this episode being like, follow me on Twitter and I'll follow you back. My handle's at Cheryl Bombshell. I need mutuals. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, ugh, she's so – she's such a ridiculous character, but she's perfect. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see more of her because, like, she's a textbook character that I would like. I just don't know enough about her yet. Like – to me right now, she's so over the top, which is on purpose, and I don't mind. It's just I don't know her yet. So I'm like, wait. That's why it's like I'm waiting to see what she's really about. I need to see that vulnerable side because my thing, my whole thing is like I like villains with a human side, right? I like complicated people who do bad things but are still good people. It's like Nate and I read this one thing one time that's like how, like what percentage good versus bad are you? And it's like supposed to be really introspective about how – Basically, like, are you a good person, but you have a little bad stuff in you and and vice versa? Are you a bad person? You have a little bit of good. I love the bad people with a little bit of good, like, because that's what I hold out hope for, right? Because you hope that they can change or at least own up to their flaws, but still have them. I'm not looking for them to be a different person. I'm just looking for them to, like, understand that they're bad people, but they do have good in them. Like, I, I don't know. So I feel like I just need to know what Cheryl's good parts are. That's all I need. Yeah. I mean, Cheryl, truly, like, she goes through a lot of, like, plot and character development and everything over the next couple of seasons. I think it's in season four that you find out she's really good at archery. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just find out so much about all of these different people. And, like, hers, yeah, at some point she just, like, starts using a bow and arrow all the time. <laughs> and you're just like, okay. Cool. Yeah. No, that's the thing is, like – Usually villains or perceived villains have better character development, right? Because like, if you're just all good, you're not interesting. And I don't mean that to like say that people in real life can't be all good and they're uninteresting. But it's kind of like what Dax Shepard says on his podcast. It's like, I learn more from you about your flaws and the ways that you've messed up than I ever did for you being a good person. And so I, I'm like really excited to see specifically Hermione. Cheryl, Veronica, because she's got a sorted past here, Hiram, like all the baddies and even Jughead. To some, yeah. And like Jughead to some extent, because I know nothing about you other than that, that you're writing a novel about something that happened yesterday, <laughs> like, or at least, you know, in the very near past. 
Well, like, yeah, to kind of go back to Veronica's reference, he's Truman Capote with In Cold Blood. He's writing a novel about a crime that happened. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that's literally all we know so far is we just constantly see him with his laptop and like him narrating every now yeah. and then. I love it. Uh, yes, we get like a short little scene about Archie getting offered varsity. I don't really care. Whatever. Yeah. We already know that he's going to have to like juggle all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Then Veronica and Betty talk about stuff that we've already talked about, like just more solidifying their relationship. But then Archie shows up and they – call him teen outlander love it and like veronica is trying to force betty into asking him out because kevin has said like while betty and archie aren't dating like she is in love with him they are end game quote unquote Mm -hmm. which i loved sorry going back to the the scene where veronica asked about him and she asked like is that your boyfriend and both of them answer and kevin's like no we're just friends or like no he's straight yeah i love that (laughs) <laughs> yeah i already like kevin the best i love yeah. him so much he's fun he's also very cute he's so cute there is not a single unattractive person on this show when you get down to it but like oh my god and his person and his confidence mm-hmm. like ugh. for I me it's him. his jaw it's that it's that jaw that gets me mm-hmm. <laughs> no he's a hottie yeah it, it definitely makes me feel very good that they're all like at least in their 20s so it's not super creepy exactly exactly that's the point that's why they cast them this way <laughs> yeah uh we also get our very first archie kins which is like veronica's pet name for archie for the rest of the show oh dear god and, like yeah it's not good but you, like <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue she's so good at this yeah that's true like i will say the chemistry they did a good job with the chem reads like when they cast these folks like specifically veronica with archie um you know i think i think the chemistry is definitely there between cheryl and veronica um you know like the banter the back and forth i even think cheryl and kevin to a degree too because like to have that quippiness you have to be able to make it land and read off the other person right so yeah there's like definitely some good sparks of chemistry here across various characters which i love yeah no it's everything lands so well when like you know I am not an actor so you know take anything I say with a grain of salt but like I could not do these things like even this next scene where Betty is like dancing around her room and like you know playing with her makeup in the mirror and all this stuff like I would look so dumb doing that so I was thinking about that actually not you looking dumb because I don't think you look dumb But I was just thinking about what I would look like if I had to do that, or at least just more specifically, how much, and this is something I'm learning in the Drama Queens OTH podcast, but how much of yourself do you bring to a character, right? Like, how much can you sprinkle in? And this felt, I don't know her name in real life, um, but the character who plays, or the actor, actress who plays Betty, this felt very her. And I don't even know her, right? Because immediately she was more interesting in that scene than she was any other scene in this episode to me. I love her. And I love that she stands up to her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know, we've talked about that before. Like, I could never do that. Oh, God, me neither. Or at least if I did, nothing would come from it. Like, I would just be grounded or I would be in trouble or 
I would be told I'm like going down a bad path. Like, you know, there was no standing up to my mother or any parent for that matter when I was growing up. Yeah. Which, I mean, spoiler alert, like Betty and Alice's relationship does not drastically improve just because Betty has stood up to her at this point and said like, no, I'm still going to do this. And I'm going Mm -hmm. to the dance with Archie. Yeah. And Veronica. I know. Like, this is not a date, Betty. Like, I know you're, like, <laughs> throwing this in your mom's face on purpose, but this is not a date. hmm And then we go across the street. Luke Perry is there, so I barely wrote anything down. <laughs> I just the only thing – yeah, like, Mary touched on it in her synopsis is the fact that, like, Archie has lied to his dad and his coach. He's immediately caught on it because the coach calls his dad – And then Fred's just like, you have to be confident in your decisions. Like, you don't need to be lying to everyone about this. Just do the thing that you want to do, but do it with purpose. Which that's such a, like, high schooler way of thinking that you have to hide who you are or what you really want because you're trying to live up to, like, what you think sometimes is your parents' expectations. I mean, it is literally like Troy Bolton. Like, he didn't want to tell his dad that he wanted to sing because he, like, all his dad cared about was him playing basketball. And it's like he was – Archie was clearly afraid of admitting to his dad that he wanted to write music or poems in his head um (laughs) based on what he said earlier but no because luke perry's amazing fred andrews he is like dude i don't care what you do just don't lie to me about it i know and i find it hilarious so like they go to the dance everyone immediately leaves betty alone on the dance floor (laughs) poor betty which is fine because kevin comes over and is adorable and is just like let me tell you about this man's dick (laughs) right oh my god but like Archie abandons her to go talk to Miss Grundy, who, in my opinion, should not be chaperoning dances if she is sleeping with students. Yep, hundred um, percent. But she finally agrees that she'll tutor Archie, and so he comes back to Betty and is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do music in the mornings, then school, then football in the afternoons, and then work for my dad on the weekends." And like, I just had flashes of every time Brandon joined after school activities, and then we like never saw them again. Mm-hmm. He was like. Yep. I do hockey. I do basketball. I'm on the newspaper. I'm running for student senate. <laughs> Except, like, we do actually see Archie do all of these things. Yeah. I I mean, this is setting up for, like, a really great burnout situation with one or the other. I mean, we don't know which one yet or at least, like, struggling in school or something like that. So, but, yeah, it is interesting that he's committing to all of this. He didn't decide to do one or the other. He decided to do all of it. Yeah, I think the only reason that it can possibly work is they've set up, like, he'll do music with Miss Grundy in the mornings, who he's been sleeping with, and she's trying to stop the relationship but still, like, spending time with him. Mm-hmm. Then he'll be at school where everyone's at school. Then he'll do football where, like, he's got friends on the football team that we've met and he's got friends that are cheerleaders, so they'll be at practices at the same time. That's true. That's true. And then he'll go work construction where his dad is, who is also, like, a pretty prominent character that we know of. Sure. Which I think yeah, is the only reason that it works. No, for sure. I mean, you have to set it up that way. Otherwise, it just won't matter. Um, but, yeah, it's just wild that, number one, I hate that he keeps calling her by her first name. I don't know what I would hate more, though. Him calling her by her first name or him him still calling her Miss Grundy. Like, (laughs) I don't like either because the problem is not what you call her. It's that you slept with her. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I hope he called her Miss Grundy 
oh my god while they were sleeping together please 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 i hope so but (laughs) it's weird because it almost felt like a blackmail situation at first but she didn't have to agree to do the independent study because it's not like he was saying he wouldn't like he basically says i'm not gonna say anything but i want you to do an independent study with me he never says like or else i'm gonna tell people right because again we've established archie is a himbo i don't think he realizes what power he has right now (laughs) it would literally never occur to him he just wants to be around this woman who let him sleep with her Exactly. Like he doesn't even he isn't like, yeah, we'll just be teacher student. That's fine with me. He doesn't even want to sleep with her again. Or at least he doesn't realize he wants to. <laughs> My favorite thing about Archie is the fact that he's able to accidentally blackmail someone. Yeah. <laughs> he just walked into this, man. <laughs> I love it so much. And I love that he was like, I'll be a better date to you after I go talk to this woman I've been sleeping with. And like, of course, right. Betty doesn't know, but like she doesn't even question him she's like okay yeah (laughs) and then he comes back and just like stares at miss grundy while she's like we could be more than friends Mm -hmm. and he's just like but she's 30 and went to juilliard oh yeah i forgot he says that she went to juilliard like it's fine i have nothing against it i'm just like juilliard really i know i know you could have just said like you went to you're you were a music major in college like (laughs) yeah like I don't think there would be anything wrong with her going to a state school yeah exactly you went to Riverdale University like (laughs) (laughs) uh the only other thing I really want to talk about at the dance is that Cheryl gets on stage calls herself the de facto queen Mm -hmm. and then asks Josie and the Pussycats to sing the song that she and her brother were conceived to the F. The fact that she knows what song that is and is okay with it is the weirdest part. It's so un- – and, like, Josie and the Pussycats don't even bat an eye. They're just like, yeah, it's a cool song. We'll do it. Yeah, they're like, I just want to sing. <laughs> I just – so gross. It, like, well, genuinely made me uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable, too, but then I was like, all right, Cheryl, I see you. Because then she literally is so self-aware that, like – She's like, I just want to start chaos. She literally says, I "I want chaos. And I loved it. I love it so much. And yeah, like literally the next thing we see is at her after party where she's had a costume change, Mm -hmm. which I loved. And she's like, we're going to play seven minutes in heaven. I vote A for Archie. And then when they try and say no to it, she's like, well, if you say no, then I get to go in there. Which I almost feel like would have been better because Archie would have just been like, no, I don't want to make out with you. Like, Right. Exactly. He doesn't he easily... have the constitution to be like, nah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very much like that decision is put on the girls. And when they do the, mm-hmm. the bottle spin, it lands like solidly between them. So she picks Veronica. And they go into this giant closet. And, like, you can tell they start so close to each other and then, like, slowly move closer and closer as they're asking these questions. Like, never a doubt in your mind that they're going to make out. No, not for one second. I do love how Cheryl is like, who's going to be the first to ride the ginger stallion? I love it. (laughs) I love everything she says. Also, did you notice, and you said this earlier, so I was like, okay, yeah, I did notice that. The bottle was, like, cherry soda. Yeah. Everything is cherries with her. (laughs) <laughs> and but yeah they end up like kissing at some point which we don't even see and then but they, they are out. legit disheveled 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Archie's like bow tie and shirt is undone, like all that. And then like, where's Betty? Why did she leave? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what Cheryl said, but it was like she, you know, flipped out and fled, spun out and fled or something. And I was like, it's probably a good idea because y'all look like you just made out. Like it would have been worse for her to see it Mm -hmm. rather than just like knowing it. Right. Exactly. So Veronica just decides to go home because she makes a very like great point. She's like, the last thing Betty would want is for us to go after her together. (laughs) I know, but I love that her answer is just like, so I'm just not going to. Right, right, right. I was like, oh, okay, so you're going. No, no, no. She's going home. She's tired. (laughs) Oh, but it is cute that she goes home and she like lays in her mom's lap and her mom's like, oh, tell me about it. Let me live vicariously through you. And she's like, absolutely not. (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And Archie, for some reason, goes to Pops first instead of to Betty's house, which feels a lot Mm -hmm. more right to me. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure they called it like an Uber in this first one, right? Yeah. They never use real names on this show. Everything is like a very close facsimile of the real name. So I was actually surprised that he said like, I'll call an Uber. That's funny. It would have been like, I'll call a goober. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what it's like. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he goes to Pops, which is where we get our first like real look at Jughead. We've like kind of seen snippets of him before. And we find out that Jason Blossom was the captain of the Aquaholics, the water polo team. Yep. So homeboy like, knew how to swim. I know. And they're like, well, he won't be known about that like that anymore because he drowned. I was like, wow. Yeah, guys. You, well, also you missed the point. <laughs> he wouldn't have drowned. I know. It just goes right over their heads that like, yeah, literally we've been watching the Olympics and I'm like, water polo blows my mind. Dude, how? How are they treading water for that long? Right? I'd be so tired. Like every like three minutes, I'd be like, can we have a float break? Yeah. I'm like, where's where's my little noodle here? <laughs> oh, no, I really want to watch water polo where everyone's on noodles. <laughs> I would love um, that. But yeah, he Jughead tells Archie, like, why don't you just go talk to her? Mm-hmm. And he says, like, talking would have gone a long way with me. So you realize that, like, Jughead was in this group of friends, but he's yeah. not anymore. And we don't actually know why. Right. And I think that's also interesting. Two things about Jughead. Number one, in the comics, yeah, he's, like, fully entrenched in the friend group. But also his little – he does wear, like, a little crown – and yeah, his hat and is his a crown. little hat is like a little crown, and yeah, super. And I he's love got, how they incorporated that. And he's got little pins in his hat where, like, the little decals were in the comics. Yep. Yeah, uh, I loved that. Yeah, so he tells Archie to just go talk to Betty. So Archie goes home to talk to Betty. <laughs> and like, I love the voiceover being like, "Not just one heart broke that night, but two. When Archie's literally just being like, "I'll never be good enough for you, Betty." I literally wrote in my notes, "Spare me, like, <laughs> miss me with this storyline," because I am not about like, no, sir, you don't get to play that card. Just say you don't like her, like, yeah, miss me with that. No, and I do like. Her face acting is just, like, really good here. Like, the lip quiver and, like, she doesn't respond to him. She just walks inside. Yeah. No, I did love that. Like, that, again, made her a little bit more interesting that she has this unrequited – or I guess now requited love 
for Archie, but isn't ready to like deal with it with him at least. Yeah. Like honestly, you know, watching the show, like this pretty much says like it's Barchi, Betty and Archie. Barchi is just not a thing. Which Barchi. is fine because it's not a great couple's name. I mean, Veronica Barchi. and Archie is Varchi. Varchi. Oh, I'm trying right. to think of anything better. Like, I don't think there is, is the problem. Virchi. <laughs> Veronchi. Veronici. Can we do something with Lodge and Andrews? Landrews. Andrage. Andrage. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, Barchi and Varchi. Very boring. So boring. Uh, but yeah, like that's the end of them. And then we get that quick scene where Kevin and Moose are going to hook up and like Moose is very much closeted. Kevin even comments on it mm-hmm. and it's like, well, we'll just start naked and see where it goes. <laughs> and then it immediately cuts off because they have found Jason's body washed up on shore with a bullet wound in his head. Yeah. Nate literally goes, oh shit, he was shot. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's what everyone doing, else is going to say. He starts doing that thing of like, how to get shot? Who shot him? I'm like, dude, it's the first episode. <laughs> it's the pilot. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, also Jughead is very like XOXO, Gossip Girl, in this whole episode. And I think he does voiceover for like a while. Okay. So he's yeah. like our little narrator. He's our Kristen I mean, Bell. Yeah, because he's the writer. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, I mentioned before that there were like versions of the script going around that like are not the final pilot script that we see. Mm -hmm. Uh, thankfully someone on Reddit read the whole thing and pointed out all the differences and I picked out the more interesting ones. Okay. So Jason talks. He's not just a silent character who immediately dies. He talks. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Jughead is hearing impaired. And the original casting call apparently had him. Like, they were looking for a hearing-impaired actor, but then I guess, like, they found out they could get Cole Sprouse, and they were like, well, never mind. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Right? And, like, I'm kind of fine with the fact that when they got Cole Sprouse, they didn't make him hearing-impaired, because I think I would have been more mad if a, like, fully hearing person played a hearing-impaired person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But, no, like, I, agree. I don't know anyone who could play – Jughead as well as Cole Sprouse did so I'm not mad about it yeah me neither like he embodies the character for me and yeah I'm glad they made the choice that they made I mean I'm pretty sure I've heard Mary say on many occasions Jughead is baby he is baby (laughs) I love him (laughs) um there's apparently a scene that got cut that like has Betty and Veronica talking near the train tracks and Betty gets, like, real close to a train and Veronica freaks out about it. Interesting. Pop, Pop Tate was Greek. Hmm. Can't imagine that. Right? I'm, <laughs> like, I I love Pop Tate. I can't – I don't want a different Pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fred and Mary weren't divorced. Ooh. So I don't know if that means that Mary was going to be in the show or if they were like still separated and we're going to put the divorce in the show. I don't know. Mm. And then they actually did talk about 
some of what happened between Archie and Jughead in the pilot rather Mm -hmm. than just saying, like, talking would have worked for me. So is that as much as we know? Or do we get any more, like, backstory into Archie and Jughead's friendship? There's definitely more. Um, Okay. Yeah, like... This is, like, just a piece of it, but, like, I remember in one of the early episodes them talking, and one of the main reasons they fought is because Archie was supposed to hang out with Jughead on the 4th of July, and instead he was fucking his teacher. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, that'll do it. Well, does Jughead know why? He pieces it together. But you gotta keep watching and, like, testing all of your thoughts. Yeah, girl. Yeah, I think it's safe to say I was intrigued enough, and especially knowing that it's in the Berlantiverse, I'm like, all right, like, I may not like this show, but it won't be because of the pilot, and it won't be because it's in the Berlantiverse. It's, like, going to be just something else that comes out of left field that I don't like. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot like the other CW shows where it gets too weird too fast. No, I'm cool with that. Like, after watching Legends of Tomorrow, I I fully embrace weird shows. (laughs) Yeah. Like, off the top of my head, having not, like, rewatched this in a while, I think Mm -hmm. the first sign of them going way too far too fast was Hiram showing up. Mm, Okay. Gosh. I can't remember if that was, like, before or after the whole serial killer plot. The serial killer plots, I think, first – which, okay. like, I, I they might have been concurrent. I'm just thinking of, like, Hiram Lodge's Underground Teenage Fight Club. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also just all of the mob shit that he brings to Riverdale. But oh, I'm the, for that kind of storyline. It just fucking goes way too far, and it's yeah. really, really fun. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm into that kind of stuff. Like, suspending belief has never been my issue (laughs) is it like i literally like my favorite shows are superhero shows so i'm i'm good on suspending belief i mean that's like you like other cw shows so i really Mm -hmm. think you'll like this um yeah mary is it season three where archie fights a bear (laughs) i think so but yeah i was like season three like, when you mentioned Archie versus the Predator or, or whatever, I was like, oh, okay, that's not too far off of Archie fighting a fucking bear. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I love it. <sighs> also, just a side note, during the not date between Archie and Betty, I, like, closed my eyes for a second because I, like, was, like, rubbing my eye or something. I heard Chad Michael Murray. They sound so similar at times. I was like, you are Lucas Scott. That's so funny. And I opened funny. my eyes and I was like, KJ Apa. Because <laughs> Chad Michael Murray is in season four. I know. I think. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm pumped for that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I wonder if I still have that screenshot on my phone of when he's wearing the like evil Knievel outfit in season oh four. <laughs> yeah. Safe it's to say, so good. Like, this was perfect timing because I just wrapped up Shadow and Bone and I've yet to pick a new show that's not in the Arrowverse right now. So this might be it. I've chosen for you. This is it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You chose Shadow and Bone and now you've chosen Riverdale. (laughs) Well, now you have till my birthday to catch up on Riverdale. And then I'll give you a new show. That's true. Yeah, I've got like a a little, like under a month because we'll probably record it earlier, but I can do it. 
But yeah, also I wrote down all the different like pop culture references that were made. So we've got Truman Capote. And by the way, these were literally all by um, Veronica. So we've got Truman Capote, In Cold Blood, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Blue Jasmine, Our Town, Betty Draper, twice, once by Veronica and once by Kevin, um, Teen Outlander, James Franco, and Ansel Elwart. So that's like two, four, six, wait, two, four, six, eight, like nine references. And most of those happened in like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. No, this show, like so much happens. Mm-hmm. It was so it fast. Fast. That just shows you how you have to be um, quippier. You have to be smarter. Um, the audience has definitely gotten smarter as time has gone on, which is just mm-hmm. the evolution of TV in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, like as much as I love nine hundred two one zero, I feel like that yeah. first season it wouldn't have gotten picked up. Mm-hmm. If it Agreed. were made today, it would not have gotten picked up. Agreed. And that's even like. Not even saying that much because really good shows still don't get picked up these days. I mean, yeah. You literally said Teenage Bounty Hunters. I'll be forever mad about that. It's so good. So I know this isn't 9 or 2 and 0, but did you have a quote of the week? So this is what's wild. Like, it moves so fast. I didn't get a chance to really write specific actual full quotes. But let me see. Back to my notes. La, la, la. I think what I'll probably say is a collection of things, just all of the references to like red hair or just the color red in general. Because I'm like, they wouldn't do that if it meant if it didn't mean something, you know? Yeah, no, I just love every time like Ginger Stallion, Ginger Bull, Justin Gingerlake. Yeah, even like Teen Outlander is a reference to his hotness and his red hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Barry? So I actually didn't write one down. Um, like, I mean, I wrote down like a lot, but like y'all said, like it goes so fast. So fast. There's so, like, so much. Um, one thing that I wrote down, it was just like one summer can change everything. And I'm pretty sure Betty says that to Archie. And then Archie's like, wow, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Betty. Oh my god! Like, like, like. Honestly, thank God KJ App is hot because you almost can't buy him as a character. <laughs> no, Ar- Archie is unrealistic. I yeah. mean, they're all unrealistic, but I think I was going to say anyone was the most unrealistic. It is Archie. That's so funny. So yeah, I mean, do y'all have anything else to say? Um, I wish this episode had more Jughead, and I wish that Skeet Ulrich had at least made an appearance. I know. I forgot. He doesn't show up until the fourth episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which I guess makes sense because, like, he is not a big part of Jughead's life at Mm. this point, I don't think. I don't know. I got to rewatch. I will definitely be, like, finishing this recording and going and watching more of the show. Well, that's the thing. Like, I... I think I'm totally sucked in now. And also, um, this is a show I haven't seen a lot of spoilers about. So I saw, obviously, where, like, Mark Antoilis is in it and Chad Michael Murray and things like that. More casting news rather than actual spoilers. So I'm pretty pumped to, like, see all of it with a fresh lens. I can't wait. Like, seriously, you just have to tell us everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, okay. So next episode, we'll be back on our 90210-ish, and you'll catch us back here next Wednesday doing that. So until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to Podcast. And shoot us over an email. Let us know if you decided to watch the Riverdale pilot and you've got your thoughts lined up. Send that over. And, um, you know, we might do this every now and then, like either for our birthdays or just in general. If you guys like this format, obviously we will never abandon Beverly Hills 90210. But if we have demand, might as well, you know, capitalize on it. So let us know your thoughts on Riverdale season one, episode one. Um, and, also, just what you think if there's any other shows you want us to do, because we might just take you up on that. Do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And as always, go into your podcast app, rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us get seen, builds the community, t- tells us that there's a demand for us to keep doing additional episodes outside of the 90210 universe, even though everything is in the 90210 universe. Uh, If you give us a shout out on any platforms, you know, we'll read them out on the show. And we just really appreciate any sort of interaction we get from you guys. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I am Fred Andrews, Forehead Wrinkles. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm Jughead's Lil Crown. I'm in a love triangle with a new girl and also a boy who's in a love triangle with football and um, (laughs) music and also his dad. Bye. Bye. See ya.